You are now listening to the InterVR Podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host, and today I'm speaking with John Oaks. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm back again. Yes, you are. I, I, hope, you, I hope this becomes a regular thing because I feel like we have, um, we have a lot to talk about, my friend. And, um, and I actually like, yeah, before, just to get right into it, you know, I have, a, I have something I've discovered about uh, VR input. And and I was and I used to be like a really big fan of the HTC Vive trackpads because I was like because there was something about them that it was just like this innovative way of you know I don't know it was just like it felt nice to like use the trackpads to like uh, use the keyboard like a keyboard in VR mm-hmm. but I realized that after using the Vive for like a year uh, this particular Vive for like a year the trackpad started failing on me. Like it seems mm. like trackpads don't have the same durability that regular buttons do. Like, like I have a like a PS4 controller, and I I will, I've smashed those buttons thousands, thousands, thousands of times. But these trackpads, like I've I've you know, I probably pressed them like five hundred, a thousand times, and they're already like failing. Like they're not like making full contact. And I wonder if like this is like a a, a thing. Like, like a you mm. know, because it's such a new product. Like again. I've never seen a controller on a gaming device or that that had that track those trackpads. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I know. I um, I haven't had that problem, fortunately. Uh, and you know, I guess I use my Vive pretty pretty regularly. Probably like, you know, what ten twelve hours a week, maybe. Um, so I don't know how that compares to your usage. I know other people. I've seen other people complain about their controllers going out, but they sometimes don't say what it is, and it could be that. Um, obviously, yeah, I would say, you know, the only thing I can think of is buttons are, are really easy. It's a really solved problem in engineering, and there's not, you know, it's kind of on, off, but those trackpads are analog mm. in the sense of, I mean, well, how are they analog? Let me think about that. Maybe that's not right. Well, they're definitely just more delicate instruments, right? Because <laughs> you have that... that um, that the touch sensor in there that's touching where you're touching it, and it's got the pressure. Let me grab one really quick so I can get my my hands on it. Let me just look at this. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah, because uh, yeah, then I look at the like the knuckles controllers, like the prototypes of the Vive knuckles controllers, and you look, and I think they have a, a joystick in it now. Like they put a joystick yeah, on the controller. I think I think the touchpad's going away. Yeah. I do think that. Yeah. And 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 they have all the data. You know, they know they know what what people are breaking. They they I wouldn't be surprised if there's something in the system that reports you know any kind of system fault that they're having or failure to detect things. But um, yeah, the knuckles, man. When is that coming out? That knuckles is going to solve a lot of my problems with Vive controllers. I like the Vive controllers, but the knuckles. I I also very often drop or throw my my vive controllers because if i'm playing beat saber or anything kind of hacky um because i never use the wrist straps and they slip out of my hands but the knuckles is going to solve that so i'm looking forward to that (laughs) yeah i've heard i've heard that the knuckles still need like another like one more iteration before they're like out there for the public i I, but i don't i haven't tried them i don't know I, i just i'm just intrigued by them it seems it seems cool it seems like they're learning stuff and they're trying trying new things so well, yeah. they're definitely it's it's definitely they're not shooting for the holidays, so it'll probably be like they'll probably yeah. announce it, you know, 
uh, January, February, that a release date, I'm guessing, or March even, for just the announcement, and we won't see them until summer at least, I, I suspect. Do you think there's something there with the Valve HMD that was being thrown around, that leak that was uh, thrown around? Yeah, yeah, I was there? all... I was, I snooped around like crazy, and then of course Reddit. When Reddit is is on, when when the re- power of Reddit is used for good, it's amazing. And it, there was this thread that people like basically dissected the the part numbers and everything, and tried to figure out what was on the boards. Oh my god! You, <laughs> and people were you know like googling part numbers and finding what they were and what they were likely doing and all that. And I, I feel like it's pretty legit. I feel like. Um, it wasn't a Photoshop. It wasn't like a. I don't think it was an OEM HMD. I think it was the next generation of uh, what they're working on, and you know, um, that's exciting. And it seems from the form factor, obviously, it was a pre-production. It might even still be internal testing. I, you know, you and I know a lot of developers, although obviously we don't know all the developers, and we, and, um, but I don't know anybody who has one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even know anybody who's, who, I don't even know anybody who's admitted to being up there to test one. Um, I've had a few people kind of smile and nod, but I don't know if that's just posing or not. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's still early, but, um, but also Valve, you know, they're not, their culture has never been about, making devs sign NDAs or anything like that, you know, that's kind of been a nice thing. Like, once they give you access to technology, they're just like, this is your technology in a way, you know, it's ours, but you can talk about it, you can share it, you can post pictures. You know, when you go up to there, talk to them. If they want to keep something secret, they keep it secret. So um, I feel like it's still probably a good six months to a year away at the earliest, uh, before we even start seeing what might amount to dev kits, but um, I definitely feel it's real, and I feel it's coming, and I feel it's going to be uh, a significant improvement over what we have, just because of the technology that's available to them now. They've been spending; the, they have spent their time, and I know this from talking to a few people. They have spent their time learning how to make hardware because they, you know. They tried and they partnered and they failed with trying to like OEM stuff uh, with Steam machines and I don't know how they I honestly don't know how they feel about the HTC partnership with the Vive I, I don't know what they feel about that but um, I feel like they're going to be a hardware company they're going to start selling hardware they're going to come back with Steam machines probably I suspect some kind of form of Steam machine they're going to make HMDs. They might have a technology partner to manufacture, but it's going to be their brand. I think they're going to control the brand going forward, I suspect. Hmm. I don't know anything. This is just what I think, because I feel like... um, Well, I just feel like, you know, Valve is a stronger brand than HTC. That's for sure. (laughs) Full stop, right? So why would you, you know... They couldn't really do anything else before, and I frankly think like the Facebook acquisition of Oculus kind of forced their hand to move maybe faster than they were originally planning to move, so they had to partner with HTC, and I'm glad they did, and I think it's it's worked out great for a lot of people, and I love my Vive, Um, and it, it kind of brought some parity to the market and all that, but I think going forward, you know, if I'm looking at it, if if I were... 
you know, just looking at Valve, they're just so much stronger in the gaming space than HTC, and I think that brought a little confusion into the gaming community who are not VR people or like, you know, what's this HTC thing? I want to buy a Valve thing. So I feel like even if they use HTC as a partner, which I don't suspect they will. Um, but they would want to partner with someone who has experience with that mass consumer like distribution. Because I don't know if Valve has that experience. Have, have they put out like a piece of hardware that that needed to be distributed globally and just competed on that on they that scales with the Rift, they they sure haven't done it successfully yet. Yeah. But um, I th- I think they I think they could, I think they could. Um, I mean, look, I mean, how they successfully moved the Vive by giving thousands of them away to developers, and we did the sales for the Vive. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean. <laughs> That that was their sales force, I think. And HTC did some stuff. They went to shows. They spoke. They had booths and everything. But most Vi- most Vive demos, most people who got a Vive demo, got it from a dev who was building something. And um, and I think that was kind of their grassroots marketing campaign. And it, it's done. It did okay. Uh, I don't know what their plans are f- for this. And I I think um, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be like a revolution in the sense of how VR is done, but I think it's going to be a definite evolution. Like it'll be the Vive 2. It'll be something that's significantly better across the board and solves a lot of the shortcomings of the current generation of technology. I don't think it's going to be a new approach. Like I don't think it's going to be a light field display or anything like that. I think it's going to be, you know, GPU driven and panels and all that kind of stuff but it's going to be really good yeah like i'm sure they they like um they had in mind in their own minds an implementation a perfect implementation of of a vr headset for their store for steam and and i'm sure htc delivered to a certain degree but i'm sure you know they're like you know we we could probably do it better they're probably thinking to themselves so i think yeah so so we'll see. I mean, and, and in my mind, like the best case scenario is that they come out with a an, an HMD with the Knuckles controllers with a proper like IP fleshed out game experience from yeah. like either Portal or Half-Life. Like, yeah. They come out with something like that. Oh, baby, they're back in the game. Oh, my God. I mean, not that they were, weren't in the game. They're just – they just – they're just not in the hardware game. Yeah, like that would that yeah. would put them right on the map. You know, so they blew out the market with the orange box release back back in the day when it was when it was Half Life Two and and Team Fortress Two and and I think Portal. And anyway, it was a pretty amazing time to be alive in the gaming world. So I think, and that's been a while. And I, I think. Uh, it might be time for them to, to drop some more magic on the industry. The timing is right, man. This this generation of technology, Ocu- Facebook and Oculus basically played their hand. They're like, we're not doing a Rift 2. They're going to do an incremental upgrade to the Rift. They're focusing on the Quest, and the Quest is going to be amazing, I think. I mean, you, did you get to try it? No, I have not. I've heard good things. <laughs> 
You know, yeah, I, I, I think I, it's going to be good. It's going to be an interesting price point. Yeah. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of performance developers can get out of it and what kind of content they can get. But I think it could be a very powerful platform. Um, but yeah, do you think the the quest is uh, the ushering of the quest and like and the bot and HCC just announced a patent for the or, or trademark for the Cosmos or something? And I feel like that's going to be the direct competitor to the Quest. Like, like I can't imagine HCC, you know, a mobile device maker not focusing on something that's mobile. I mean, and that's something that like the their CEO a while ago was talking about, like how five G five G networks are going to be the thing that's going to bring AR and VR to the to the forefront because you're going to have like you know uh, limitless bandwidth. Well, uh, yeah, if they solve the latency problem, but that's another question. But 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 I think that that's a direction uh, uh, that HCC is definitely going in, aside from the PC ver- PC front. And and I'm thinking like, well, what what does that do to like things like the Gear VR or the Oculus Go? Or like like I feel like the Gear VR is dead. By the way, if I can be honest with you, like I, oh I Gear VR, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's. It's, it, yeah, can we call it dead? It's like officially yeah. dead. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Gear VR dead. <laughs> we heard yeah. it first. Or uh, you know, and and um, definitely not going to say any names, but like we were kind of joking about that with some 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 guys in the audience, and uh, you know, they didn't argue. I won't say I won't say they they outwardly agreed with us, but they were like they didn't. They just kind of like smiled and looked away because yeah. Oh. Come on. I mean, yeah. Dead. yeah. Well, why? Okay, rip your VR. <laughs> yeah, rest all we need to say. <laughs> it was good. It was good, and it served a good purpose. Okay, I'm not gonna hate on them. I I I admire Samsung for doing things that others don't. Like Samsung is doing like flexible screens. Samsung does the stylus thing. Samsung oh. was the first with the note, like Wait. the big phones. I mean, Samsung Odyssey Plus. Yeah, and then the ass. Yeah. Is three hundred dollar with a really nice, really, really nice screen. I don't have one yet, but I am echoing a lengthy discussion I had with with Bruce, uh, Somatic Bruce, about this, about e- using it in Elite Dangerous, which is a very detailed, text heavy game that we oh. both love. And he's like, he can read everything, which is shocking. So the screen door effect is very minimalized. It's cheap, three hundred bucks if you get it on sale. Yeah, so Samsung is not out of the game. No, I think they, they they got their time in the sun with the Gear VR. It served a purpose. Obviously, it was a temporary purpose, and I think that's fine. I think it's totally fine. I didn't want to use my phone as a VR device anyway, um, so it's good. And I think they're they're in the game long term, and they they make great screens. They make great technology. They own Korea, and Korea is huge in gaming. I think Samsung has a long road ahead of them in the VR front. But yeah. we can also say rest in peace Gear VR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's no there's no bringing that back. I just don't see it coming back. And and Odyssey is uh seems like like uh I see on Reddit like people are like should I get the Vive Pro or the Samsung Odyssey and everybody's like just get the Odyssey, dude. Just get the Odyssey. Odyssey, Odyssey Plus. Plus. Odyssey yeah. Plus because it's the Don't the get confused. Version. Odyssey yeah. not so great. Odyssey Plus Odyssey, pretty amazing. One. Yeah. It's yeah, is it is it as good as the Vive Pro or a little better than the Vive Pro in terms of like screen uh sharpness and resolution? Um I keep I, hearing it's as good. 
If yeah, not, I would better. say from what I've read, and I have not had the opportunity to be like in the same room with a Vive Pro and an Odyssey Plus to really do an eyeball to eyeball comparison. We need <laughs> we need a uh, we need Ben Lang to <laughs> lab guys on that one. Um, I would say that it's close enough that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, and it's like twelve hundred dollars cheaper. So you know, there's that. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Why and, is the Vive Pro so expensive? Wow. Well, hey, should we talk about the McLaren edition? <laughs> <laughs> Might as oh well. God. What are they thinking? I'm sorry. I love you guys, but man, this McLaren thing, like, wow. It's it, John. I'm, it, this is this is what we were talking about earlier. It's like it's like um, if people who people who don't play VR, like like if you're an executive and you're not playing VR, if you're not in rec room or in VR chat or trying all these crazy demos that are constantly coming out, like exploring new ideas and new concepts and new like like if you're not constantly you know pushing at the edge and thinking about like what works what what's trending what's not like what are you doing and this is yeah. why i feel like this like mclaren thing came out of nowhere like who, who is this for <laughs> like how does this have mass market appeal like like this i don't know maybe like 1000 people who will get this thing and i don't know what do you think john what's your take on this like um yeah i mean Okay, I said this publicly on Twitter, so I'm going to say it on the podcast. I think this entire thing is evidence of a business development guy at HTC who was desperate for a deal before the end of the year. Because <laughs> it makes no sense otherwise. I mean, McLaren is a good brand, and obviously, you know, racing is a big deal for VR, and it makes sense. But, they're pos- but the product positioning on this... Doesn't uh, if you're okay if you're a racing sim fan, beautiful VR is a, is a good thing. You probably have you know a high end gaming PC. You probably have a state of the art pedals and, and steering wheel. But then this system doesn't really offer you anything. It's like you know just give them the headset. Don't even give them the controllers. Maybe give them one tracking station. Maybe bundle with a high end McLaren branded steering wheel, and you've got a product for racing fans. And you go hey. They're taxing the racing sim guys who spend a lot of money on racing sims. Fine. That would make sense. It wouldn't be interesting to me, uh, for me. But I know people who would be interested in it, especially if they're a McLaren fan. Um, Pricing-wise, it makes no sense unless you just have too much money and you want to have a blingy VR headset. Um, But again, maybe that, you know, it's just not... It's maybe it's Maybe it's a package that people love, I think for the VR community, it's not something that they should all feel like they should buy. It's not like if you're like going, oh, I really want the best VR uh, experience. I'm going to get the McLaren one. No, you're wasting your money. Spend spend that more on a GPU. Get a regular Vive. And my opinion is don't even get the Vive Pro. And, and to HTC's credit, they don't even target the Vive Pro at consumers unless you're. it's really more for an enterprise. So Vive Pro McLaren Edition is enterprise but consumery, and uh, it's just a mess. I don't get it at all. Um, yeah, I like, so I want HTC to succeed. So let's give them some free advice. What would you What would you do if you were HTC right now? <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, uh, if I was HTC, I would spend 
a lot of money on Viveport to to make it better, to make the offering that they have more clear. That's more on the software side. On the hardware side, um, I think you know if they wanted to go with branded like kind of package deals, like bundles, um, you know. So if you buy them, if you're McLaren. Maybe you get like some racing sims and a steering wheel and some pedals, and it's like this whole thing that you can plug into. Maybe partner with like a Alienware gaming PC or something, so they can do like a custom McLaren paint job. So it's like this whole thing, you know. So if we're just going with like, if this is a McLaren racing sim, get like you want to get the racing sim market. I can get behind that, and I think what they should have done is is really kind of think this through from a racing sim driver perspective and get like the PC, the steering wheel, everything and just be like here is your ultimate high-end racing sim VR rig and it's $3,000 or $5,000. Who even cares because it's really about the the experience of this premium experience of getting the very best VR for racing um product. I would be like, okay, wow. Then you're not like putting your price point out there on your individual product as fifteen hundred and fifty dollars for a headset, which I think kind of leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth. I think if you bundle it together with a bunch of other products, you 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 kind of like position yourself as a premium brand without having all the cost come down pointed in your direction and making people feel like it's overpriced. It kind of burns. Yes, that's what I would do. I mean, if you want my opinion, that's what I would have done. I would have gone after a, a PC and maybe get with whoever Logitech, whoever makes like um, racing gear, and uh, work with them and put together a nice package. And I think that would that would be okay. And then I think if you, that works, um, then you go after the space sim guys. You know, the Elite Dangerous and uh, God, who else? Uh, any other kind of like space space simulation stuff and you could do like a Star Trek thing or a Star Wars thing. There's a bunch of st- bunch of angles you could take that. Definitely why aren't they doing maybe they are, but why aren't they doing like a Beat Saber mod where the controllers are red and blue like the Beat Saber things and um maybe even a different form factor slightly on the shape. That might be tough. Um you know, there's lots of things they could do there to just make it give consumers some clear value propositions about why they're buying a particular version of their product. I mean, in their defense, selling VR is hard and they're, they're trying to find it. They're trying to find the magic. We all like last time we were, I think we talked about last time, or maybe it was just a conversation that you and I had, you know, about the, the frankly sort of scary dismal numbers about the number of active PC VR users out there. Um, after this much time, they're, they're going to be trying some experiments, and this is one of them. I just don't think this one was particularly well thought through. I think the idea is fine to bundle with a cool brand, kind of bring some value proposition in to the consumers that don't have to think so hard about what they're buying. I just, just – this just didn't do it for me. Yeah, my you question who's doing, is like who's, what you, metrics did they use to like think that this was like, oh, this is, this is going to make a – this is going to be great. <laughs> this is going to be a good idea, guys. This yeah. is going to make VR more – Yeah, you know what? Okay, you know what they should do? Uh-huh. They should copy Sony. Sony PSVR is killing it right now with the branding, with the bundles that they have, mm. with the price points that they're hitting. 
um, the content is is top notch. Uh, they're putting out you know PSVR uh, bundles that make sense that kind of that kind of um, you know identify and target certain segments of the the gaming population, whether it's Beat Saber, whether it's Astrobot, whether you know whatever, whether it's Farpoint. Um, and they're being rewarded. They're, I think, I, you know, we don't have accurate numbers, but I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that PSVR is the most widespread VR platform. Yeah. PSVR, there's way more P- active PSVR users than Oculus or Vive. I mean, there just are. We, it's, it's something I can't prove, but evidence seems to be the the case that 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 is what's happening right now, mm-hmm. and um, and I think it's going to only get better. I mean, they're going to they're going to be in the lead for a while. And I think, I think everybody kind of knew that um, way back when they first announced, but it's, it's proving to be the case. PSVR is just accessible. People get it right away. There's, they don't have to think about it. They don't have to give up their family computer and, you know, sure. It doesn't get the high hardcore gamers excited, but um, there's a bunch of people out there that aren't hardcore gamers and PSVR is grabbing them up. I'm a hardcore so, gamer, and I got grabbed up. I mean, PSVR has oh, yeah. Resident Evil 7, and it has, like, uh, Firewall, and, like, a, a good amount of, like, pretty hardcore games, I would say. But, like, yeah, but it also has that mass market appeal because you got Beat Saber, and you got Astrobot, and you got, like, all these other games, that Moss, that are just more, like, uh, accessible to anyone. Like, just more of that Pixar-y, like universal appeal kind of and I, and I actually wanted to touch on a little bit about HTC like if I if I were to give them advice and this would come completely out of left field for them but like but like if I were them I would be like I would go on social media and I would look for like and on YouTube and I'd start looking for like trends in VR like what are people doing in VR like what are, what is what is what is it about VR that that people are attracted by and like and like focus in on what we're already good at and what we're setting ourselves apart with. Like if they were able to put together a bundle, an HTC Vive bundle with the wireless tracker, with the with the full body trackers and the controllers, everything all in a nice bundle, affordable bundle, and they perfected the technology, the integration, dude, they would be miles away from the competition. You I know? agree. They yeah. like and and partner with VR chat and like throw money at developers so that they make more like better interactive dance floors and just like mm-hmm. partner with DDR and like partner with like, dude, the money's right in front of you. It's right there. It's looking right mm-hmm. at you. It's in and, and make it accessible. Cause people are like struggling to get like, um, your, your, um, your devices, you know, like, I like, yeah, like make it easy for me to get a whole bundle of like HTC Vive with wireless, with uh, full body tracking and nicely integrated, affordably priced, and good yeah. customer service. You know, I got I got to admit, I I'm not a hardware guy. I don't know what goes into these things. I have no idea why their their extra Vive trackers are a hundred dollars a piece. I don't get it. That's it's not, like they don't yeah. want to they don't want to sell them. I know it's that maybe small volumes, or maybe they don't think it's a big market, or are targeting computers. But I totally agree with you. I think they they missed it. And I it might be too late, but maybe not um, for them to kind of say, "Hey, we have the Vive tracking system. Do full body tracking, or at least four point. You know, two hands and two feet. It creates so much more immersion. I think people would love it. And um, and I don't think the Vive trackers need to be that expensive. Yep. Um, you know, 
I think there's cheaper. The, uh, the you know you probably saw on Twitter these guys are working on this three dollar tracker, which seems to work. It's rough right now, and they'll get better. But even if it gets up to ten bucks, you know, ten dollar trackers, I'll, I'll get like ten of those, and I got a basically a pretty good approximation of a full body rig, you know. So I think that's coming. The full body tracking is definitely going to be important. The question is, will it be through Vive trackers or optical tracking? I don't know. There's some good work going on there, too, just using cameras. But, um, yep, I agree with you, too. Yeah. You know, for what, like, I think one thing that's for sure, for sure, that we're going to see in like next generation headsets is going to be a standardization of wireless and a standardization of just like a high resolution definitely higher higher resolution panels and then like um what was the other thing wireless and a a more body tracking yeah i I just feel like it's yeah it's like full full body tracking is is so nice it's it yeah and and it's like and it's underutilized like if developers were able to use like a like i would come up with a conga line game <laughs> or limbo game where you have to like literally like do the limbo thing dance underneath the limbo stick like dude you can mm. do that in vr now and it yeah it's just and it and, and it would bring in whole new like whole new levels of interactivity unlock a whole new like dimension of interactivity that we weren't you know uh capable of before like i want to like if I if I were if the trackers were good enough and I can keep them like nice and safely attached to my feet, I'd come up with a taekwondo game, and it would be like a you know a kicking game. And yeah, throwing kicks all over the place. That's the thing, you know, location based entertainment. A lot of those like um, a lot of those location based arena games use the use foot trackers because it just helps your feeling of immersion to be able to look down, and then you can do things like kicking because you have more space. I don't. I don't know if people would be excited about that in the home. That seems like a liability issue, but uh, and maybe that's why they haven't done it. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, location based is is big for that, and a full full body tracking. I would pay more. I definitely would pay more. You know, if there was like a twenty dollar experience, but for forty dollars, I could have my full body tracked. I would probably do that. It'd probably be make it that much of a better experience. So. Yeah. I, I've been noticing something a lot on 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 Reddit. I, I lurk on Reddit. I'm a lurker. I'm a, I'm a weirdo like that. And I'm noticing that, and this isn't new. This isn't new at all. But like, I feel like this is. It would be nice for us to address it. It's just this influx of noobs coming into VR, not knowing what to buy, <laughs> what to do. Like, it's just the same yeah. problems over and over and over again. And it seems like VR. It's a real obstacle for VR adoption. <laughs> the fact that it's so hard for people to figure out like which headset is best for them and what GPU to get and should I wait for the Quest and will it even have games? Like it's going to be like so so maybe you and I can flesh out a nice succinct holiday buying guide for 2018 for people who are like, you know, it's 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 the holidays just just around the corner, they're thinking about gifting themselves or someone else a, a, a headset. But they don't know. They have no idea. So let's let's help them out. How do we? Um, what? Uh, how do? How would you approach this question if someone came up to you and be like, John, I want VR. I don't know anything about VR. What should I get? Um, I think it's a question of this. Are you a do? You, do you, 
I would ask them, do you have a Steam account already? And yes. if the answer is yes, then I would say, and what games do you play? And if there's anything that's not like, you know, anything that takes a, a decent GPU, well, I might ask them what GPU they had. I'm kind of assuming these people that you're referring to may not know the difference between GPUs. They just know that what they got. Maybe find out what the latest game is they have, and if it's something that can that is like a 980 or later type GPU or when they bought their PC, I would just say, you know, probably get a Vive. I mean, and and I like Oculus, but I think still, even for the price difference, um, because of Steam, because it's just a little easier to manage for people who are gamers, it's the easier on-ramp. Now... If they don't, if they're not big Steam gamers, say, yeah, I got a Steam account, but I don't really use it, or I used it for Team Fortress, and I don't have a huge library and like that. Uh, you know, Oculus is just as good, and it's cheaper, right? In terms of a VR experience, it's good. I love the, the Oculus experience. It's a very polished onboarding process, especially for somebody who's new. I like touch. I like the feel of the touch. Um it's uh, maybe a function then of how much room do you have in your house. If you have a whole room that you can run around and really take advantage of like a good 10 foot by 10 foot space or more, you know, because Vivo do go 15 by 15, but I don't know anybody who really has that in their house. Um, but if you can do full room scale, I think the Vive is a superior room scale experience for sure. Even with three trackers on the Rift, although that works fine. But that's just another expense and a little more engineering and running cables around. Um, the Vive is a really good room sale experience. If they have like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fit it in my bedroom and I got like four foot by four foot, then I would say Rift. Because Rift, you can still do a lot of the same smaller scale experiences that are really good. You know, you can play you can play Lone Echo in four by four, you know, something like that, about that space and have a good time. And um, save yourself a couple, couple bucks. Yeah. What about so, the Odyssey Plus between those three? Like, I mean, the Odyssey Plus is I haven't tried it. All I know is that like people keep saying that it hasn't the the tracking is ninety five percent as good as the Rift or the yeah. Vive. But yeah, we were just raving about it. That's true. Um, I think the Odyssey Plus is a good contender. I wonder if you'll be able to get it at 300 bucks because that was kind of like their Black Friday deal. Mm. The default pricing is 500 and I, I think the tracking... Okay, this is my opinion right now that even though it's got a better screen than anything else out there, the tracking is not as good and you've got to deal with the Windows Mixed Reality stuff that's a little extra minor, minor headache on top of steam vr so if you're going the steam route so and you're definitely going to the steam route if you're doing a samsung uh odyssey plus i think i just go with a vive if for a new user for somebody who doesn't know we're talking about the mass consumer and that's a, maybe a problem for samsung you know marketing wise um because I think that may be what a lot of people do is they're going to get on Steam, they're going to see the links for Vive, or they're going to see an ad for Oculus. I don't know how many people are going to see an ad for an Odyssey Plus and go through the Windows Mixed Reality setup and do all that to get it going. Yeah. Maybe they will. Now, 
Go ahead. If go people ahead. just say, if people just say, I want to play Beat Saber, how, I want to play Beat Saber. How do I do that? PSVR. That way, I don't have to support you because it's just going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if my nephew calls up and he goes, Hey, I want to play Beat Saber. I want to play uh, Job Simulator. I want to play Pixel Rip. I'm just going to be like, just get a PSVR. If that's all you want to do, just get a PSVR. You're going to be very happy. It's gonna, and you're gonna use it for other things as well. Yeah, let's um, let me let's break it down in tiers. For for example, let let's say let's say I have a hundred dollars. Let's say I ha- and I come up to you. Let's say I have two hundred dollars and I come up to you. Let's say I have five hundred dollars and I come up to you. Let's say I have a thousand and then two thousand and then three thousand and then infinite. So so let's start at the, the the smallest tier. Like if I have a hundred dollars and I want to either gift my dad VR or someone close VR or give myself some VR to tip, to dip my toes at a hundred dollars, what do you recommend, John? Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> I wouldn't go. I wouldn't give anybody anything less valuable than an Oculus Go. Mm-hmm. And that's not quite a hundred bucks. It's a little more than a hundred bucks. I think even, let me look, I haven't checked Black Friday sales. Um, Oculus Go is a good experience, especially, you know, if it's like for your your folks or grandparents or, or, or something like that. Um, yeah. If you're if they have a Samsung phone or they have a Google Daydream phone, then maybe they can you can buy them the Ga- Daydream or the Samsung Gear VR off of Amazon and yeah. eBay. Yeah, yeah. For oh yeah, okay. For that, if they have the right kind of phone, yeah, they've already spent a thousand dollars on a phone. Yes, they're looking for a hundred dollar solution. Then yeah, I was kind of starting from scratch, but um, but yeah, yeah I That's... think uh, that would yeah. So, um, okay. So then the question is, if they have a really good phone, is it is it Daydream or is it Gear VR? And it's Gear VR. Surprise, surprise! I got to go with Gear VR. Ah, even though tell me been... why. Tell me why. Um, I think uh, just my experience with the 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 lenses, the the form factor, and all that just is a little little better. I think. I don't know. That's opinion, and I think the. I guess I could be talked to either way. I don't feel that I don't, you know, I don't spend a lot of time in three degree of freedom VR. So I don't know um, if there's a significant benefit to daydream over gear VR. Do you, what do you think? Do you disagree? I, what I, from what I've understood is that the daydream has a little bit of a better controller ergonomically. It has like a, but other, other than that, they're identical. And yeah, I, I actually don't. <sighs> what about the apps? You know, like your VR. I'm I tried on... your VR, and I actually liked liked the experience. It wasn't bad. It wasn't, but it wasn't it wasn't mind blowing. And I tried for I I tried V Time once, the social VR and Android, and it was like. I wish it worked. I really wish it worked because it would have been awesome if I could just do social VR and mobile. But like, no, it was it was bad. It was terrible. So, yeah, really limited. Um, when it worked, it was great. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, I don't know. No, okay, so you know what? The thing is, you you actually can't even do that. Cause you can't get the controller and daydream for less than a hundred bucks. 
Ah, damn! VR is not for the not for people with dollars. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking right now. I'm 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 googling as you're talking. Like, uh, smartphone VR. Like, how do I? So if you have a hundred dollars, don't get VR. Anything a hundred dollars, don't get VR. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're not ready. Yeah. You, gotta... I... so you can get the view. Oh, you know what? Oh, hold up. Daydream view. You can get the controller. Ninety nine dollars. Okay, that's that's the only answer then. Daydream. Gear, Gear VR Gear VR is going to be one hundred thirty nine with the controller. Daydream, ninety nine. So hundred dollars. You got a good phone. Get Daydream View. But otherwise, and, otherwise, don't get VR. If you don't have a really Daydream, yeah. Daydream, don't get VR. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get a save another hundred bucks and get an Oculus Go. You'll be much happier. Yeah. If you if you're walking by Target and you see one of those fifty dollar like. VR headset things on leave it there. <laughs> don't, 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 you know, <laughs> those things should be illegal. Those are hurting people. Those, those cheap gear VR or not gear. VR, sorry. I shouldn't get, gear VR doesn't deserve that. The, the phone holder VR headsets that you get at target or wherever they're hurting us. They're setting back VR decades. Yeah. Yeah. It's, anyway. it's the, it's the pizza. It's the pizza hypothesis. If you'd like, it's like, there's people who've never tried pizza. I don't know who you are, but they're out there, and they'll be, they'll try their first pizza, and they'll be like, and and if that pizza doesn't taste good, then for the rest of their lives they'll be like, well, I've tried it once. I don't I don't I don't know if pizza's for me. But they yeah. haven't tried the whole spectrum of pizza out there, so you know. But yeah, so and it's and it's happening because I talk to my son's friends, I talk to people at Maker Fair, I talk. We have these. School kids come through SVVR that are on like these tech tours, and I ask them, "Have you ever tried VR before?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, my buddy has this uh, VR holder. I, I've done VR. I'm, I know about VR." And I'm like, "Oh, is that the kind you put your phone in?" Yeah, it wasn't too good, and that's their experience. So that that's just souring the taste of all these wannabe early adopters thinking that putting a phone in a headset is the same as a high end PC VR, which doesn't make sense to me, but that's the perception that people have. Anyway, so we gotta stop them. We gotta like put warning you know, we should have a we should have a grassroots movement of the VR tribe hmm. and print up like a billion stickers that we put on all these things that we go into the stores and say like warning, this is not really VR and like hmm. a big red sticker because you know what's gonna happen? All these well intentioned Grandmas and parents and uncles are going to go into the store going, oh, yeah, VR is cool. I heard about that on Good Morning America. I'm going to buy this for little Sarah and little Johnny, and they're going to be so happy. And they're not. And it's just – it's horrible. It's like a, it's a, it's like taking advantage of their ignorance. And um, anyway, so yeah. Yeah, that's definitely – going to print out some stickers. <laughs> this is not VR. Do not buy this for little kids. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not there. It's like um, it's like uh, it's like uh, it's like what happened to the um, the Segway or the or like uh or like uh yeah it was it was it the Segway it was like a I remember reading listening to a, a, a Planet Money podcast a while ago about the inventor of the Segway and how like out of the blue, out of the blue like. Just hundreds of Chinese factories were producing Segways, and they were overcrowding the American market. And so the original creator of the Segway just couldn't compete with these new, like the the hoverboards. Remember the little like the 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 two uh, mm-hmm. the, those hoverboards that that yeah people it's, were catching yeah. on fire and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story of that. Like I feel like that happened with VR with the cardboard knockoffs. Like 
like just a bunch of factories got activated because they were like, holy crap, there's there's something here. We can ride the, the novelty wave and and, and remember and quick buck. three years, three years ago at CES. I don't know if you were there. The place was just crawling with VR headset holders, like every color, variety, shape, Hello Kitty, you know, whatever, man. They had Chinese factories were just cranking out all these headsets. And then, like, a year later, there was the news story, like, 90% of VR companies in China go bankrupt or something like that. You remember that? Mm. That was all that. That was that whole fake industry of people trying to cram cardboard clones into the marketplace where there was no demand and they weren't good products and they were uncomfortable. And, um, you know, so the whole trying to, you know, nothing against cardboard. Cardboard was a hack. It was never meant to be this platform. It was like a cool hack to get people to get 3D view and use their phone in an interesting way. And the, the whole, the whole, basically Chinese VCs and, and, and capital poured into trying to capture what they thought Google was going after as a market. And I think it, it was bad and unfortunate that VR went that way for a while. Um, I think Oculus Go and with the Focus and Quest and um, the all-in-ones that we're at now are legitimate. I think you can say those are those are good products, but um, everything else before that was kind of like a hack. So yeah. yeah, it was the best we could do with the technology we had at the yeah. time. Yeah, and it's not a, and and yeah, and and, and so if you have two hundred dollars, John, what 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 VR solution would you recommend? It's Oculus Go. Oculus it's a, Go. It's good. It's a good headset, especially for people who just want to view stuff for watching movies or, or doing you know kind of like some basic social stuff, uh, playing simple games and looking around. Kids love it. They, it's kind of hard to break. Um, I wouldn't say it's you know completely durable, but I mean it's it's not high end fragile equipment. Um, and uh, I think you get. I think you will definitely get a couple hundred dollars of value out of it. And um, and you can throw in a backpack, you know, man, uh, just for plane rides. I mean, yeah, right now you might look, think you look a little dorky, but I think it'll be more common to see people chilling out with VR on plane rides or train trips um, and uh, watching Netflix or whatever they're doing in there. And it's it's a good experience. And um, I don't think it will... It'll be interesting to see how long Oculus Go lasts in the world of Oculus Quest and HTC Focus and the other all-in-ones because it is still not sixed off. It doesn't have pass-through cameras. There's a lot of things that I think people are going to like that it doesn't have, so we'll see how that goes. But for right now, this Christmas, Oculus Go, I think you'll get value out of it. Do you think Oculus Go devs are going to start realizing that, well, it seems like I can get more horsepower out of the Quest and the controllers are going to be more novel? And so why am I working on the Oculus Go? Yeah. I mean, I think in my mind, I mean, I know people are working on new content. Um, there are certain verticals like education and training and that sort of thing where it makes a lot of sense. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking, about, talking about consumer on the consumer side. Cause we're talking about consumers right now. Right. I, I don't, I don't know if people are going to be too excited about developing 
new consumer content targeted at the go? I just, I don't know. I I haven't heard that they're selling really that much better than mobile VR has sold in the past. Um, and I think it will hold its place. And I think people will be able to squeak by and build experience and build relationships with Oculus and that sort of thing as, as good developers that will get them a toe in the door for Quest. But I think Quest is the ball game. I don't think Go is the ball game. I think Quest is the ball game for them. So yeah, I think Quest is going to be a better investment of time. Yeah. So realize that if you have $200 to get an Oculus Go, realize that it's not a long-term investment, that that your, your money is probably better off uh, waiting you, for a quest later on or something, or saving up for think, a quest. Do you think Oculus Go will be a product a year from now? I don't know. I, I, I mean, if I'm, a dev- if I'm looking at from a developer point of view, like developer point of view, like no one's gloating. No one's bragging about like, look how much money I'm making on the <laughs> Oculus Go, everybody. It's awesome. No one's saying that, you know? No. And so, Nobody in VR is saying that except for the Beat Saber guys and a few people. But it's a long, we're getting there. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, but yeah, but I mean, but seriously, I mean, just from a standpoint of where the technology is and where we're going, I mean, do you think Oculus Go ha- is in Christmas of t- 2019, when we're doing our holiday shopping list, is Oculus Go going to be on the list? And I'm not sure it will be. I don't think so either. No. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I, I will. I am preliminarily calling uh, Oculus Go uh, death in the next eight months. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and it's okay. And the thing is, I don't think that's, that's, not, a, that's not a jab at Oculus Go. We're just in that phase of technology yeah. where there's going to be rapid iterations on hardware platforms as we improve and kind of get to the place you know we went through this in the early days of pcs where every six months your pc was out of date because there was something new and it was always this this bargain of like what do i you know i constantly having to to expand uh, hardware so if you're a dev and you're like deciding between oculus go oculus quest or rift and you and you have to choose one. Oh. Which one do you recommend? Which one would you say? All right, double down on this one. Ideally, you want to be on all three. Yeah, of course, but 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 here's the thing. Okay, goes three degrees of freedom. Quest is six degrees of freedom with a different kind of tracking system and different controllers. And Rift is a six degrees of freedom with a whole nother set of controllers and inputs i mean i you know devs are in a tough spot on that space they keep talking about one platform but they have huge fragmentation problems with both how you design the hard how you excuse me how you design the interaction how you design and implement the software i don't know man i mean and quest hasn't sold a single one right we're sitting here going and i've seen it you've seen it it looks amazing they have not sold one, so how can I tell any dev what the market will be, given the track record? I think that's a tough road to hoe. So, at least Rift, you know, you got a half a million people out there, hopefully a million people in another six months or so. You could probably easily, you know, there's there's nothing really stopping you from um, also selling it to via Steam to reach the Vive audience yeah. or the Windows Mixed Reality audience. So, I mean, I think if you're going after a market 
I, I got to go high-end PC VR still. But really, it's probably PSVR as well. I mean, I've seen people be successful. I think they're, I mean, I see their Facebook posts and their Twitter posts. They're smiling, and it doesn't look like a, a, a fake smile when they have their stuff on Oculus and on Steam and on PSVR and sometimes even Viveport. Mm-hmm. They're doing better. They're doing better than they were. I don't think anybody's making a huge amount of money right now yet, except for like Beat Saber and a few others. But they're starting to like see hope. Um, and I don't see that on the mobile VR side. Yeah. I see people. I see people getting paid for gigs. I see for consulting and for like kind of getting funding to create some content. I don't yet know, and I would love to hear from them because I would love to know their story. I don't yet see people building a business around mobile VR app sales yet. Sorry. And, but you know, we know, I don't know anybody who's doing that. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm the outsider on this one, but tell me, please, if you listen to this, tweet at me and tell me you're making a living selling mobile VR apps. I would be so happy to hear that. I'm not even kidding. You know who you want to talk to later on? <coughs> um, later, later on, uh, Guy Godin. He just released oh, yeah, VR yeah, yeah. Desktop. Man, yeah. So. I bought his product like for every system I have. I <laughs> love yes. virtual desktop. Yeah, actually, that's a great one. He might be, yeah, maybe he's the golden child on mobile VR because I think that's a killer app for mobile he VR. knocked that out of the park when he put out VR Desktop on, yeah. on PC. Yeah. I mean, for one dev, like he, was, he, was, he did okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think this is, I mean, if anybody, if this is, this, this, this is someone you definitely want to chat with later on and be like, Hey, how'd, how'd you do? How'd it go? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to hit him up later. I, I've talked to him several times, you know, he's like a one man shop. He does yeah. his papers all on his own. He has a day job and I don't even think he's last time I talked to him, his boss doesn't even know he works on VR and I just he's just a legend. He is such a legend. <coughs> Virtual desktop on VR. It's amazing. Oh well, yeah, hopefully his boss won't pull a Ozenimax on him. That's probably why he's not letting them know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's continue going forward because at three fifty, if I have three hundred and fifty dollars, what, what VR do you recommend for me at this point? Three fifty, three fifty. Can you get it okay, do you have a PC? Do you have uh, a gaming? That's a toughie. See, that's a tough one because it's like, what if you don't? Well, what if you do have a PC, um, a, a, a sub seven hundred dollar PC at at three fifty? Well, okay, um, it just depends on if you have a minimum spec GPU. But really, okay, so we're basically we're falling short of. But you just want okay. If you're really only going to be willing to spend 350 in VR, and that's all, and you've got a kind of a low-end gaming PC, and you just want to check out VR, then I would say go with a Windows Mixed Reality headset. Hmm. Like maybe you can get Explorer? a maybe you can get a if yeah you can get a Odyssey Plus on sale for 300 if we can play that game that would be amazing. Um, I don't think you're going to get great gaming experiences out of a 700 dollar PC yet. Maybe you know. Um, but, uh, you can definitely do like, you could do VR chat. It's not too taxing. Well, some environments are, but the general ones aren't. You could do some social VR stuff. You could play Beat Saber. I've done, I've done Beat Saber 
successfully with a Windows Mixed Reality headset and a notebook with a 660M, and it was totally fine. Whoa. Was, yes, I was so happy and surprised. That was, that was like my mold. When I was traveling to see my nieces and nephews, I threw that in the backpack, and I was like a hero because I just pull out my notebook, no no towers to set up, no cameras, just hand them the controllers, and they're playing Beat Saber, and had a great time. That's amazing. Six sixty M, like a three year old development notebook. So that is my answer: Windows Mixed Reality for less than three fifty. Um, what if you don't have a notebook? What if you don't have like? Or you got, you got if you have a seven hundred dollar gaming PC, you're you're probably going to have at least... I mean, if you don't have a 660 in your PC, then you're not... I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I will, and it's almost standard. Like, like this uh, 660M is, is like a... It's, it, it's not that... You know, I feel like... That's six years old. That's a yeah. six-year-old yeah. piece of technology. Yeah. Or, yeah, about that. Maybe five. But it's, it's pretty old for graphics hardware. So at, three, at 350, what do you recommend? Like a, like a Lenovo Mirage... Uh, or uh, or because uh, I think the Lenovo Mirage is around three fifty or something. Uh, yeah, um, the, I you know I like the Acer one. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you still get those? I don't know, but yeah, any I think you you'll find deals on Windows Mixed Reality headsets that are well within that budget. Oh, but let's say let's say you don't have a, a PC. A Lenovo Mirage is the standalone from Google. Oh, right. and, okay. uh, oh man, I don't know. I haven't spent much time with them. Yeah. So, Raj is good. Let's see. Three fifty. Can you get a Focus yet? Vive Focus. Vive Focus is six hundred dollars, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah. Get those guys. Why are they doing that to me? <laughs> no, you cannot get a Lenovo Mirage Sol- Solo for three fifty. Oh, how much are they? Hundred. Four hundred. Let me look. Okay, Black Friday sale, three hundred, four hundred. Okay. Yeah, you can't get it for three fifty. So you know. All right. So in that ballpark. All right. Well, all right, what if if five hundred? I and at five hundred, I would throw in. By the way, PSVR because you can afford the PlayStation Four and the PSVR bundle at that point. But what would you say? Um, are we at five hundred right now? Yeah, we're at five hundred. Uh, yeah, PSVR, the Moss Astrobot bundle, 276 plus, let's see. How much is a PS, how much is a PS4? You can get a PS4 for like $200 now. Yeah. Yeah. So the Astrobot and Moss PSVR bundle looks killer. You know, uh, is there a Beat Saber one yet? There is. There is a Beat Saber and a Borderlands 2 VR bundle coming out in December. Yeah, I may hold off for that one because that one's going to be pretty epic. But right now, if we were to go into the store today, you won't go wrong with Astrobot and Moss. Moss is beautiful. Astrobot is super fun. It's kind of cross. Yeah, that's the way to go. Mm. So... Yeah, five hundred. You can't go wrong. PSVR can't. is a solid deal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and and I think I have a feeling that Sony is not gonna drop, like, is not gonna stop doing VR anytime soon. Like, I think, like, I'm sure they're not excited about how much money they're making with it. But I think they're, they're from what I understand, they're revving it. They're getting ready. Like, it's yeah. now. I don't know if there's gonna be a PSVR two. Before a PS5, I don't know that, 
or if they're revving it to be PS5 and PSVR is like one thing. But there's every bit of evidence and reporting that they're they're integrating the technology. The thing is, you know, we we know how long Sony was working on PSVR before it saw the light of day. Since it's years. Nine. Yeah, it's years. It's years and years and years. So they've been working on it for a while. Them working on PSVR two or whatever they're gonna, however they're gonna refer to it. Um, it's no surprise that they're working on it, and it's gonna, and it won't be no surprise if we don't see it until twenty twenty or later. Um, so, but I think they're into it. They're just they. Sony is just they are. Um, they're a marathon runners when it comes to these products. You know, everyone else is trying to like Oculus and HTC and probably even Valve to a certain extent are trying to like stake out their their territory. Whereas Sony's just like farming. You know, they've got their platform. They've got their seventy million, thirty million users, eighty million uh, users now, eighty million users. Yeah, geez, I don't even know. So they have eighty million, eighty million users. They could just be like, hey, 80 million users, how about PSVR? No, not this year? Okay, how, well, how about next year? Okay, we got time. You want, Oh, we moved another couple million units. Eh, that's nice, you know? They're just like, <laughs> it's, such, it's such a rounding error for them, but they have it. And it, they're, they're, I mean, think about that. There's more, there's more PS4 owners, there's some overlap, but there's more PS4 owners than hardcore PC gamers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, man, Sony's just, they, they are, they are just surfing the VR wave and they're going to be leading for a long time. I don't know if they'll lead forever because I think there's, there's only so much they can do because they do kind of have these platform steps they have to go up. Whereas the PC side can, iterate much quicker and come out with a lot of different products from a lot of different players. But yeah. um, the, th- the thing about Sony is that time and time again, they've been able to put out quality software like, like, um, and they, and they do, and their partnership with AAA studios oh, yeah. are, are going to be huge. And they don't, they're, they're in no, like, yeah, Oculus will send, will send it back to the devs. I think HT the Viveport guys are just like send us your content, we'll put it up. Steam will let everybody ship, and that's good and bad. <laughs> and I we we could talk about that too. Um, but but Sony, they're just like yeah, you, you you're a bestseller on Oculus, you're a bestseller on Steam. Don't care. We're sending we're shipping back your your game. You got to fix this. You got to do that. You got to make it perform better. You got to take this content out. You got to do something. I mean, they're brutal. In a way, you know, brutal in a, in a way of quality. Yeah. Um, but I think the other stores, even Oculus, which is pretty tough, don't have. I mean, they curate. Nothing on the Sony, I don't, I could be wrong, but my experience from what I've seen, everything on the Sony store for VR is pretty rock solid. Yeah. Right. There's nothing that's glitching out or lagging or making people sick, and it's all works as expected, and it's all polished. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. And people, it gives people confidence. It gives people confidence to try stuff. And yeah. so, Sony know. nailed a lot of things at a, at the gate with the form factor, with the just the aesthetic. Like if you look at a P, just looking at a PSVR lit up versus a Rift versus a Vive, like like the like the Vive looks evil, like something out of the Matrix. 
like that those those like those like uh those those what are those giant bugs that are going around flying after the Nebuchadnezzar in the Matrix? Like that's what the vibe looks like. The rift looks like um like some like a Black Mirror episode waiting to happen, and the PSVR looks like uh, I don't know. It has this like playful futuristic look. I don't know, kind of eighties, kind of kind of weird. I, I dig it. I, it just uh, all right. I see where you're going. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I um I like the edgy cyberpunk feel of the vibe but i get definitely see that the psvr is kind of like the star trek federation of planets look you know like you could see mr spock popping on a psvr wouldn't look out of place and the rift um is uh is black it's smooth and black it's almost invisible and i think that's kind of what they're going for you know but um but yeah, I, I don't know. Does that factor into it? I don't really think about it that much. I didn't think about it until you started talking about it. But yeah. maybe it does. Maybe consumers care. Maybe they care what they look like when they put on a VR headset. I I think I think yeah. I think every I, I think people make a lot of assumptions just from the first seconds they look at something, you know. And mm. LED lights, you know, are novel. <laughs> so well, they're functional too. Isn't that what the isn't yeah. that what the camera's looking at? Track, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, the aesthetic is nice. The comfort level is nice. Um, yeah, the but if the only they were able to put joysticks on those move controllers, oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, Skyrim would have been so much better. Skyrim VR on PSVR would have been so much better yeah. with joysticks. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's that's your best bet. PSVR totally is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's move on to a thousand dollars. Let's say you have a thousand dollars, no PC. What do you get? <sighs> no PC at all. We're starting from scratch. From scratch. Um, and it's this holiday season. Yep. So I can't say I can't say Quest. Um, I might go back to PSVR and just get some more controllers and games. <laughs> that might be my answer, right? For a thousand bucks, because you're going to be stretched a little bit to get. I, you know, I, I do these PC part picker lists, and you're a little bit stretched to put together a VR PC for a thousand bucks. You can do it, but then you got to look at the. You're really looking at having to put together a PC for five hundred bucks if you want VR and a PC. And I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think you can get to a, a passable min spec PC for five hundred bucks right now. GPU is going to be three hundred, right there. And then you got two hundred dollars for everything else. I don't think you can do it. Mm. So I wish we were. I think thousand a thousand dollars is the price point that things that PC VR will will really start were taken off. Although, let me think about this. So, Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift. What are we going for with Black Friday? Uh, 400 bucks. Three, uh, 300. Do? Wasn't it 300? For 320, 330 or something? For Black, Black Friday? Uh, I'm on Amazon, but... Oh. Uh, uh, is Black Friday over on Amazon? So, we got Touch and, and Rift for 399 according to Amazon. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, we'll just go for that. Can I get a $600 minimum, minimum spec PC? Or, I don't know. I think that's pushing it. That would be pushing it, but you, but it would be, it'd be nice if that were, if there were one. That would be great. 
Oh, wait, hold on. Somebody says, I'm Googling now. Uh, of course, the article's not available. Somebody said, build me a PC. Somebody said they could do it. PC part picker for $634. Oh, wait. So there's a PC part picker list that says it can do it with a Radeon. All right, Radeon, good option. Kind of, nobody talks about Radeons anymore, but they're very good. And a 400, you could, hmm. You can you can squeeze in with a, a Windows Mixed Reality headset like the like the Acer you you can get one for like one eighty nine or even like you know one ninety two hundred dollars and and then get like a, a eight hundred dollar yeah laptop. that's a good way to go this game is hard but it's a good game to have um, so yeah maybe like an eight hundred dollar PC I feel good about with a two hundred dollar Windows Mixed Reality headset and boom I mean it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be f- yeah, it's it's good. It's pretty good. It's actually not that bad. Now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, you can you you, you probably get away with a lot with that setup at a thousand dollars. Yeah, I wish you were would have should have told me you were going to play this game. I would um, I would have done some research. I I I wish I had told myself I was going to play this game because this came out of nowhere. So okay, <laughs> but um, a thousand dollars. So what about what about fifteen hundred dollars at fifteen hundred dollars? You know, we have more wiggle room. We we have more play space. What would you recommend at fifteen hundred? Um, I really I want to get to I want to get to PC based VR because that's my jam. So I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, let's see. Have the 1080 prices come down yet? Uh, Hopefully, Bitcoin is fifteen. I know, right? Yeah, isn't that, that crazy? I can't figure out if I'm going to save, I don't have much Bitcoin, but am I going to save more money on GPUs than I've lost on Bitcoin? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Should I go buy Actually, drugs now or later? I don't know. Dude, I, I, I will side comment. I'm still bullish on, I am still bullish on Bitcoin. Oh, there I said it. Hot take. I respect I still, that. I still think it's going to, it's still going to be a thing. Um, it's just, it was, a, it was just absurdity that, uh, it went to as high as it did. Yeah, I think uh, you can get a pretty. It looks like right now you can you can put together a decent system for like eight hundred bucks. So six, eight hundred, nine hundred bucks. I mean, it's not going to blow doors. It would function. But you'll get rec room and VR chat. Yeah, and... yeah, and you'll get a decent steam machine, and you might even for fifteen hundred bucks, you're definitely in the in the Oculus ballpark. I'm not sure you can sneak in a Vive at that point. It's going to be right up right up on the border. Yeah, because you need a 1060 for the Vive at least. You don't really. You, you don't? should. <laughs> you don't really. I run it on the 980 just fine. <laughs> I, the machine I'm on right now, if we were in VR chat. When I've been in with you, I run it on 980, ah. and and it's fine. I don't have any problems. I play. I'm sure I'm reprojecting all over the place, but it doesn't bother me. So, um, hmm. yeah, I know MinSpec is. Well, you know what? People say that 980 Ti and the 1060 are comparable. So maybe that's maybe that's what I'm seeing. I, I okay. I'm not a GPU guru, so I don't know the actual throughput of the machines. But I have a 980. It's fine. You can get 980s. 
So yeah, I just regurgitate the things that I think smarter people are saying, and then hope <laughs> I, hope I don't get called out later on. <laughs> isn't that what isn't that what education is? You're just regurgitating what smarter people have told you. So it's so. working. The education education education. Uh, well, it's not working. Yeah. Never mind. It's not working. The educational <laughs> system is not working. <laughs> um, so yeah, all right. Well, so we have we have a lot more wiggle room. It seems like it seems like uh, prices of VR, PC VR, are coming down. They're getting a lot more accessible. Okay, uh, my, I'm going to take a homework assignment to because I like doing this anyway. Um, I'm going to get on PC Part Picker and, and put together some builds for these various price point, price points, and I'll tweet them out. Dude, so, yes, yes, that'd be amazing. Just for fun, and then and then oh, this is going to be great. Watch. My friends and my and people who know me or people who don't even know me are gonna just criticize my builds forever and tell me how I'm crazy and try to compete with me. I love all that stuff. So, oh good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. Oh my god, yes. So, so it's so let's 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 go to the last one. So at two thousand dollars, what what can you afford? What can you get? What do you recommend? Oh, um, okay. Right now, I don't recommend. Getting an RTX twenty eighty. <laughs> Tell me I why. Think, what? We t- yeah. What is? There's there's been some problems, man. Yeah, there's been some problems. There's been some problems with with uh, with what they've shipped out with, in terms of performance of the cards, overheating, and quality, and it has some really nice capabilities that nobody's taken advantage of yet. So definitely, RTX is going to do amazing stuff in the future. Um, but I don't think you get the bang for the buck right now. I think. Honestly, I don't know, man. Somebody, somebody yell at me and tell me I'm wrong, but I think for VR, if you're just a consumer, wants to play VR games, which is what we're talking about, I'm a consumer and I want to just have fun with VR and I'm not developing and I'm not doing photogrammetry and I'm doing, not doing modeling or ray tracing or anything else. I'm just playing Beat Saber and Arizona Sunshine and all that kind of stuff. 1080, 1080 Ti is, like, is the best experience you're going to get. Um, so... I don't think you need to spend it on the the RTX stuff. How much more um, is an RTX versus a 1080 Ti, for example? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. So, 2080, like eight twenty, uh, seven fifty to nine hundred bucks. Why is this one seven fifty? Um, so they're they're like say to say eight hundred bucks wow. versus a 1080. Which is, but hey, that's great because 2080s are cheaper than 1080s were six months ago. Um, 1080s are looking like uh, 600 bucks. Okay. Not the 1080 Ti, blah, 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 just 1080s. So I don't know what that means. Remember when people were hoarding 1080s for like $1,400 a piece to mine Bitcoin? Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, that was crazy. That was crazy. Oh my god, what a time. And I again, I'm 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 not closed off 100% to cryptocurrency, but I just feel like I don't know anything. <laughs> I, you know, I just feel like there's so much to know about that. All right, world. Well, hold, hold up. So here's an interesting oh, thing. Oh. So the 1080 Ti's are 1200 bucks still. Really? On new egg. What am I? I can I make sure I'm not doing like some weird filter or something. Yeah. Yeah, twelve hundred bucks. That's still kind of a lot, versus the twenty eighty, which is nine hundred. Huh? 
Well, so that must have to do with mining still. That's got to be, I guess. Somebody tweet at us and tell us why we're idiots about GPUs because <laughs> I don't know. Here's another question where we might be idiots about, or I might, I'm definitely one, um, is um, is NVIDIA stock overvalued? I kept, I kept. Well, they got, they got, they got hit. I don't know if it was. Boy, I'm not going to give financial advice because I don't know. But yeah, they they got hammered. I know that. Um, Their stock recently came way down. Um, But uh, I'm pulling it up right now to look at their chart. And they yeah. It went from a high of 216 on 11 1 to 153, which is, you know, what, 60, like, what is that, 25% drop in a month? Well, Jensen, Jensen's going to be, that's got to be rough. That's got to be rough. Um, but, you know, long term, oh, wow. Yeah. All time high looks like they were up at 288. Uh, of this year, wow! And then just then they come out with earnings saying that the the mining bubble had burst effectively, and now they're down at one fifty three. So, are they overpriced? I have no idea. If the they drop, might, though. they might be, they might be undervalued because of the huge drop. They're still, you know, making good product, and they're, I don't know. They're not going anywhere, that's for sure. But it's just... Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're making money. It's just a question of what their stock price is going to do. Yeah. Um, um, I don't want to give stock advice, but yeah, it's a pretty big drop. They're they're back down around where they were roughly mid-2017. So they basically... But you know what? That's the whole market. The whole, From what I understand, and I try not to stress about it too much, but the whole market has given up the past year of gains, and especially tech stocks. The whole so, market, as in like the whole stock market, yeah, like the industrial averages, S and P, Fang, Facebook, Apple, you know all that stuff. Netflix, Google have they went up and they've gone back down to where they were more than a year ago. Oh, I keep hearing so, a lot about stock buybacks. Stock buybacks. Does this have to do with stock buybacks or something? No, stock buybacks typically keep a share price up because, and so. Um, the stock you hear about the stock buybacks because of the idea that the tax cuts that they got um, this year gave them a lot more cash, and the hope was, or the way it was sold to the public was, this extra cash that you give to a company would then be invested in infrastructure and jobs. But isn't that like Reaganomics? <laughs> Totally. Like, That's exactly the function of, of the theory of trickle-down. And an economic an economist might argue that eventually all that money does find its way into the marketplace, but it doesn't necessarily have to go directly there because it's trickle-down. It doesn't go from top to bottom. It goes from top to whoever gets it next to whoever gets it next to whoever gets it next. So these guys got all this money, and they're, you know the market was already pretty booming. It wasn't like Things weren't that bad because at the end of an eight-year or six-year economic expansion. So the best move they could make with that money is buy back their stock, which makes their stock more valuable. 
and you know the shareholders are are going to be then really happy because they're going to have their shares going to be worth more because it's they have less shares in the market so their shares are worth more of a percentage of that company and there's less to trade so people want to buy that company have there's more demand versus supply pumps up the stock price that's kind of short term though because then it all settles back out and people kind of look at the performance of the company and i think that's what we're seeing now and um, so yeah, stock buybacks have been a big thing. That's where a lot of those tax breaks went. It didn't go to workers, didn't it went to shareholders, which is fine if you're a shareholder, but most people don't own the companies they work for. So, um, hmm. Yeah, mm. no, this, is, this is stock talk with John and Chris. This uh, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. It's, it, the other thing that was interesting about that it's not really in this in that same vein, but but that caught my attention. I wanted your thoughts on was um, that for a little minute, uh, for quite for a minute, Microsoft was more valuable than Apple, um, and it just and it just like I'm I'm always like interested interested in seeing that like that race between the most valuable company in the world like. Is it just theater that's going on in there? Like, is there something valuable that you can take away from like seeing these 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 companies like go neck and neck, you know, for the top spot in terms of the most valuable com- company in the world? And yeah, like, and we don't have to talk about Apple and VR because we already know what's going to happen with Apple and VR. <laughs> they're going to wait their time, and they're eventually going to come out with their own iPhone version of the of the VR headset or AR headset somehow hybrid thing. So. But yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, yeah, I, I, uh, the most valuable companies term, in the world. Market capitalization. Yeah. Like, what's the what What's the significance of market capitalization? Um, well, um, hmm. it, it in any market, the one with if you have a disproportionate amount of capital you're going to have a lot of sway over what that market does. So, you know, Microsoft does something, everyone reacts. If Google does something, everyone reacts to it. it there's a lot, a huge wake that goes behind it. When Apple does something, I mean, they come up with the iPhone and an entire multi-billion dollar industry springs up around cables and phone cases, billions of dollars, mm. because they invent, they came out with those products. So that, so... And that directly, it's not directly tied to their market cap. It's just that, that they're just a huge, you know, rock in the ocean. And when they, when they do stuff, it makes huge ripples. And I think that's kind of, you know, an obvious thing. But um, having that much market capitalization in their stock is a reflection of investor confidence. It, it gives them the ability, if they have stock to release, the ability to raise capital for anything they want, for acquisition, for investment for expansion and to do new markets um that sort of thing it gets weird i think i think the economies of these multi-billion dollar companies you know like apple and, and ibm anybody that's worth more than you know a few billion dollars i think money starts behaving differently that normal normal middle class people like you and me don't really get yeah. I have a friend. I have a friend, a neighbor actually, um, is a friend um, who's an accountant for a big company. And I don't want to say who, but um, and he talks about how they manage their money. I mean, it's like um, it's like this ball of energy that they bounce around the world, right? It's not like 
it's not like a checking account like you and I have a checking account. Like they actually will have billions of dollars and still borrow money from banks short term to get operating capital, even though they have billions of dollars. And it's this weird thing. And, you know, I think that's why these guys get paid a lot of money to be accountants because they know how to play that game. Um, but tying it back to market capitalization, having that market capitalization lets them play all these weird games with money that kind of, you know, just is is a different way than most small businesses operate or even medium-sized businesses because most businesses operate on how much money is in the bank today. Can I pay my payroll? Can I buy more product? Can I advertise my product? And if so, then it's been a good day. And these guys don't think like that. They, they think like, well, we, you know, we're worth $100 billion. How much can I borrow from the banks to do what I want to do? Which is a strange way of thinking about it, but that's how they operate. And they just kind of like, it's like they're, there's this huge boulder rolling down the hill and they're just like staying ahead of the boulder all the time, like doing things and making decisions that you and I just don't get. And I, I think that's why these CEOs and board members get paid a lot of money because they've managed to crack that code and figure out how to play that game in a way that other business people haven't. Yeah, it's um, it's it's something I'm not going to understand for a long time, or I don't know if I ever will. But yeah, thanks. but let's bring it back to VR. Let, yeah. So let's let's talk about Facebook because a lot of we were you know, and I don't want to get into the whole Facebook drama. Facebook good, Facebook bad. Not not that although that would be a whole other interesting podcast. But, you know, Facebook is a huge company with huge investment in VR and a long-term strategy, a 10-year plan, billion people. Facebook is and, bigger than Christianity, by the way. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a weird thing to, to, to think about. But, yeah, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's crazy. You just kind of blew my mind. I got to let that sink in for a minute because, you know, I've talked about this before with you. My, my, all my education up through high school was in, was in basically uh, very conservative religious schools. Um, so it's, uh, it was kind of my world, uh, and it was, it's funny. And, and going to college was an interesting experience. But, um, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting outlook. But, you know, hey, there's 7 billion people in the world, and – is it seven billion? And and Facebook has one and a half billion of them. Wow, that is pretty significant. But to V in the sense of VR, um, ten years, they've got, you know, they <laughs> they they will claim they have a million users in VR. Like that slide at, at Oculus Connect, where Mark put up, like you know. Um, on the, the the bar graph, I can't remember how you phrase it. It was kind of funny, but like you know, it's got more work to do. He's got like they're like step point one of that journey. But when you're that big of a company, he could afford to just. I mean, Facebook, if the board approved it and all that, they spent three billion dollars on Oculus. If they just said, you know what, it's time to hit the gas pedal on VR, and they might be getting ready to do that, they can afford to lose money on VR for a very very long time. Um, as long as their other end of their business is, is healthy, we'll, you know, let's see what happens with all the drama that's going on with them. But as long as their business is healthy, uh, I think they can 
they can play those kind of weird games, like I was saying, that we just don't get from a normal business perspective, where they could just go, yeah, okay, let's just bleed a couple billion dollars a year on this until we get where we want to go. And that can have a big impact on, on user adoption. Um, so anyway, yeah. Well, Sony was selling the PS3. No, no, well, this, the thing that happened that Sony learned from was when they came out with the PS3, they were selling it for like $650. It was just massively expensive. But I think what they learned from that with the PS4, and I remember the PS in the PS3, PS, Xbox 360 era, like they were neck and neck. And in fact, I think Xbox was dominating in North America. But Sony learned quickly that um, it was okay to take take a hit uh, and and lose money on selling PS4s um, at a loss because eventually they would lock all those people into their store. Yeah, and so. And so it that's, paid off. It paid off, and and now you see them dominating. Um, that's the whole. That's that's the whole Oculus game. That's the Steam. That's Steam's game. Valve's game. Um, and yeah, that's exactly it. Razors and razor blades, man. You give the razors away for free, and sell the razor blades. Um, it's you know, it's cigarette marketing. You're going to give you a free lighter, and we're going to give you a free pack of cigarettes because it's addictive, and the you know the rest is habit forming and costs us a dime. We sell it to you for a dollar. That's a little bit different, but you know that's the game. Is uh, you're trying to buy these platforms, and you know Amazon too. It's you know I don't think uh, I don't think we've really heard from Amazon yet, but I think we will. I think Amazon has got to play here. And they're just waiting to see, like Apple's waiting to to make their move. And, you know. I feel like Amazon and Apple are going to go deep on AR. Like, um, like I just saw uh, something on Twitter. I can't. Yeah. It, it like a Spider-Man AR game, AR experience that Amazon yeah. was promoting or something. I, I have a feeling that that's what the Sumerian engine is for. Or the, but yeah, uh, yeah I don't totally. Know. Yeah. Sumerian is all about web VR and AR and... Um, helping you buy stuff, right? And helping you do stuff. And it, it's not bad. I mean, it's pretty good. I played a lot with it. Um, I built some stuff with it. And it's early stages, but I think it will be, it will find its niche. And um, I think they're, they're doing a hack, kind of a jam right now. Um, they're giving away a bunch of money to developers to develop content. I think there's going to be some really interesting applications come out of it. So, yeah, Amazon's definitely serious about Sumerian. They seem to be supporting it really well. They've they're st- they've started pushing uh, Logjam again, which I didn't hear a lot about for a long time, but I'm starting to see ads for it. And maybe that's just my social networking profile triggering ads. I don't know. But um, I think they're going to – you can't rule them out. Now that they've got their headquarters thing announced, I think uh, – you know, it might be time that they're going to pivot and start looking at technology again, and uh, AR and grabbing. You know, Amazon and Google or, and Facebook are all about just sucking up data about what we're doing and what we want and how we're spending our time and our money. And that's going to be more and more what Amazon does. Um, it's definitely what Facebook's core business is, and it's definitely what Google. Um, is trying to do as well. So, so in ten years, John, I'm gonna ask you 
uh, hey, John, who do you trust the most now with your privacy out of all the VR startups that are, or not startups, companies that are, are out there? So Facebook, Google, uh, Samsung, Amazon, I'm sure, Microsoft, like out of all the 10 years from now, like who will you trust more? <laughs> well, okay. So 10 years from now, I am going to say that it's going to be a, a totally different world because to use the, and I've talked about this before, so I'll give you the short version, but, you know, back in the early 90s, in the old days, there was CompuServe and Prodigy and AOL, and that was kind of it. Yes, the web sort of existed in a weird collegial space and a private military government network, but it was pretty raw, man. There wasn't a lot going on there. It was really hard to use. So if you wanted to get online, the pre-internet, the early internet days, you had to pay into these walled gardens. And CompuServe and Prodigy and AOL knew everything that you did. They knew every message that you sent. And I can tell you from a CompuServe point of view, they didn't do much data mining. They probably should have done more. They would have done better. But <clears throat> but uh, the, then what happened was the web. And then, you know, all those walled gardens came tumbling down. Same is going to happen with VR. Right now we have walled gardens with Valve, with Steam, with, with Steam, with Oculus, with Viveport, Amazon, AOL. But open standards, ultimately, after long battles, is going to win. So 10 years from now, there will be these walled gardens that will have content that you might want to pay for to go into and get. But most of the content, most of the VR world and most of the AR world is going to be on the open web. It's going to be open standards. It's going to be based on free open source software. It's going to be based on hardware. There's going to be hardware coming out of vendors. And hopefully, even if it's China, they won't have chips in there that are reading our minds. But, you know, we'll have to worry about that later. Or there'll be other hardware providers or these walled garden providers that just finally we force them into complying with some kind of basic privacy laws. Um, and we will once again have control over identity and, and our, on our access. We're still going to always have this, this tug between these major carriers of internet traffic and websites and cookies and all the spyware stuff and all the, what the apps are doing that you're interacting with. Are they collecting data? That is always going to be here. But I think the big, the question you're asking is like, which one of these major companies am I going to trust? I won't have to. I don't. I won't have to use any of them. Mm. I don't have to use Google today. I don't have to use Amazon. I don't have to use Facebook. I don't have to use Apple. I don't have to use any of those big companies. I can log in with a Linux system or even a Windows system. If I turn off some privacy options, I can fire up a VPN. I can have pretty pure internet experience, get access to 99% of the information on the web that I care about without logging into any major company's services. I'm sure you're still going to have to use YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is going to, you, you probably have to use, I would say you have to use YouTube right now. Like, like if I think about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have to, I have to have YouTube. It's just that 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 massive yeah. library like it just i can't put a price on it, it was, yeah yeah but yeah you're, you're, you're right with the other ones yeah but i don't know about i don't know about <coughs> YouTube. yeah yeah it's gonna be weird 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a strange time ten ten years from now. So, but, so that's gonna be that's gonna be the cyberpunk future we all hoped and dreamed of, <laughs> is when it's really out and raw, and your your system is gonna be on the network in VR when you're you know plugged in and in an environment where you can see everybody and everybody can see you, and it's just a question of who you want to interact with or what you want to interact with and what access you have. It's going to be interesting times and I can't wait. I can't wait for the day where I can make money like putting put on a headset and literally go to work in VR and like do work three times, four times faster than I could before because of my volumetric UI that allows me to be more efficient or something. I don't know. Yeah. So I was thinking about here's here's a crazy idea for any app developers out there. But I was thinking about this is like, you know, we do a lot of worker training, um, and now worker training is big in VR. So a lot of in, a lot of work is information work. A lot of work is is service oriented, customer work, or moving data around. We get it once we get in VR. We how long will it be before? either we or systems that we're plugged into are watching what we're doing in VR and learning how to do our jobs and basically programming machine intelligence to replicate the jobs we do in VR, even if they're real-world jobs. Oh. Like, oh. so... You're, yeah. Right? It, it, I mean, in a way, that seems incredibly valuable. I was talking to... Um, this guy who was doing telerobotics, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to use VR, and then people will like log in and be able to remote operate these robots for people to do chores for them. And I go, well, that's great. So, you know, what you need to do then is like capture everything that that person, that robot is doing, that person is doing with that robot. And after, you know, after you do it 10,000 times, after you fold Train a shirt, robot. yeah, after you fold a shirt 10,000 times or a hundred thousand times, if you had, you know, a hundred people doing this a hundred times a day, you know, or over a month or something, or vacuuming, or washing dishes, and you plug that into uh, an, an, a machine learning interface, and you start creeping, you know, self-driving cars is incredibly complex and, and challenging, and we're, we're getting there, right? We, and so if we had these VR workers doing jobs, being tracked, having their emotions tracked, having their, what they're looking at tracked, having their vo- vocal interactions tracked, how hard would it be to then map that to a robot or a virtual agent to do the same thing? I think that's both exciting and terrifying, and I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just saying you know, that could be an opportunity for somebody. We're going to see the movie Chappie happen in our lifetimes. Where, but Chappie won't be, won't be like a, an artificial intelligence. It'll be a telerobotically operated police officer robot thing. Um, that'll be oh, yeah. I think, I think we'll see. I think that's, you know, that's what Boston Dynamics is doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're making these these super these robots that are really mobile and human like. There's no reason to make anything human like, right? It's not really that efficient unless you're going to have a human pilot it, because it, then it's more normal for them. Yeah. So the humanoid robots they're making, like the big dogs, the, the the quadrupeds and the rolling ones and the weird shaped ones, those make sense from a robot perspective. The human one, I forget what they call it, Atlas, I think, um, makes no sense unless it's basically going to be run by a human. And then once you start running it by a human for a while, then you pump that into a machine learning network, and then it can run itself. And then 
you know, then we're in Terminator land, and I don't know what happened. Oh my god, are you excited or are you scared? What's what's uh, what? How do you feel about that? Because <laughs> it's gonna happen. Hey, we're we're. I feel like we're on on inevitable path here for some sort of well, like um, just breakthrough, and 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 not only the. I mean, we've already seen the breakthrough, but like the next breakthrough I see is in in the creation of a mass scale production of this. You know. Well, I think. Our future is dependent on people educating themselves, speaking up, and taking action to make sure bad things don't happen the way people did about nuclear weapons. We've had nuclear weapons since the 40s. We still have enough nuclear weapons to destroy every living thing on Earth, and yet day by day goes by and we don't do it. So that's good. Good job, humans. Keep it up. We're killing the Earth in other ways. Those are more subtle and hard to pin down, but maybe we can correct that. And I think with robots and AI, I think it's the same thing. When we see anybody starting to do something <clears throat> that is dangerous, we need to call them out and say, stop it, you know, or we'll punch you, you know, essentially, to be oversimplify it. If, you know, somebody's acting like they're going to launch a nuke at anybody else, the rest of the world kind of sits up and goes, if you do that, it will be the last thing you do. And I think we're going to have to have similar discussions about weaponized AI and weaponized robots. What I hope is that we have those discussions before there's a massive use of them. And I do worry about that, you know, because have you seen that video that was put out by some scientists? It's it's creepy as heck about the idea of micro drones that can be used to target people and, um, and weaponized drones. And it shows, it's like a short story movie kind of sci-fi about a future where this guy comes out with a palm-sized drone that has a little micro-explosive on it, and it can target people based on their identity. He says, yeah, we can look. We can target them based on their skin color, their their whether their political beliefs are, facial recognition. And then it goes through, and it shows, like, basically these fascists targeting these college kids who are trying to protest the government, and the drones swarm into the college and kill all the kids that are protesting while they're sitting in class. Have you haven't seen that? No. But I can oh imagine God. it. I I'm, can I'm totally sending you a link. Yeah, I'm sure other, other people, if anybody else has seen it, and I'll I'll try to find it and, and tweet out that link because it's chilling. And I definitely think, and the, he comes at the end, the guy comes on the end, and I agree, all of the technology they show in that scene could be done today. So you got to believe that governments know they can do that. They're just afraid that if they do it, other people will do it, and it would be chaos. So we need to have some vocal, aggressive, no, not aggressive, assertive, positioning by people who know vocally that we will not tolerate AI in weapons that kill people. Here, here's you know? the thing, John. There's a meme going on around in the internet that suck. I, that, I mean, that doesn't suck. It's just, it's just, a, it's just, it's just, a, it's just my apply here. But like, um, but in this, in this context, this, this meme comes, pops up in my mind and the meme says, go something like uh, China don't care. China, China, like China just, just just genetically engineered some a couple babies that are genetically resistant to the HIV AIDS virus yeah. allegedly. I mean, yeah. So 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 and they're the and they're also like selling um, uh, spy software to Maduro in Venezuela so that he can continue oppressing his people, uh, spying on them. So I know. so maybe yeah. so maybe they see a profit profit incentive in like creating. Uh, a telerobotic police 
you know, that they... That well, they totally do. They get the whole social credit system going. Selling it to other governments and... and yeah, them. I mean, we're over here watching Black Mirror and they're taking notes like, ooh, that's a good idea. Let's implement that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, yeah, I do worry about that. But the thing is, it's not... China, yeah, China is interesting. Um, I think there are uh, two very diverse camps within China. There is a very, certainly there's a very nationalistic camp in China, but I think that skews to the much older population, the old party line, the older people, the richer people. And there's another camp, which is the younger people who, despite the Great Wall, Great Firewall and all that, are kind of plugged into the rest of the world. And, and you know, the older group is trying to keep them from adopting those values, but I'm not sure they're going to win because um, the younger people kind of want to not be isolated. They kind of want to be a part of the rest of the world. And they're not going to be able to be a part of the rest of the world if their country does stupid stuff. And stupid stuff ethically. And as an American, I can categorically say that's what happens. When you travel as an American in my lifetime, it used to be awesome to be an American traveling in Europe. It is not awesome anymore, you know, mm -hmm. because your, your country's reputation affects your ability to interact with people in other countries. It's not, you know, it's not life-threatening yet, but I mean, you got to put up with a lot of stuff stuff that people don't like about your country and i think the younger chinese people are going to start to feel that and they're going to push back and there's going to be moves to modernize and you know i don't know however short term you're right china's really doing a good job of embracing some aspects of uh dystopian technology at all costs gone wrong kind of black mirror thing and uh it'll be interesting um Editing the kids is, is interesting. Now, there, I saw another thing where they were like, yeah, allegedly, we're not too sure they did it. And I, I don't know. I, it's, let's wait and see what happens. Yeah. It, was an interesting, it was an interesting choice. And I, I wondered, like, why would you choose to make babies HIV-resistant? Obviously, HIV-resistance is a good thing. But HIV is still a worldwide problem. But it's not a pandemic like it was. It's kind of well-managed. And, you know... <clears throat> What what was the purpose in doing that? I don't know. Yeah, it's so, a lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of questions to answer. It's it's a it's a it's a whole another world of of information and just it's a crazy topic. And I mean, and here's the thing. My question, like, is like, how did how did America remove the profit motive from nuclear weapons? Like, like how did like like we're like America's really good at like making money off a of war, like, but how how did they not how did we like avoid giving private corporations like like did, did we immediately realize like you know what this should never be in the hands of a corporation or a private entity like like but yeah and yet we do so much other things it's like it's interesting that we but and, and the thing and, and this is what i'm saying it's like it's like we knew right away like hey nuclear weapons are off the table for private corporations like we don't want Jeff Bezos to own nuclear weapons, right? Like that's 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 a no-no, right? But like, but we won't say that about like telerobotically enabled <laughs> robots that you could train to carry weapons. Oh you know? well, yeah, I know. Well, 
because then because we'll because Jeff, Jeff Bezos think, will think, own I, I those. Think, I think it's this. He will own those. And I, and I think I think unfortunately it's this. You know, we have Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and and we all have the we've seen all seen the film. We've seen the aftermath. We can talk to people from Japan who lived through it and know how horrible and overpowering and dehumanizing and every awful word you can say about dropping a nuclear bomb on a city. I mean, it's horrible. It's like probably the most evil thing you could do. I know, you know, and people say, hey, we were at war, it probably saved lives, could have to spend 100,000 soldiers storming the islands. That may all be true, but I think we can all agree that we don't want to have to do that again, right? So I think it's easy for everybody to kind of say, look, Especially, frankly, being the United States, being the preeminent nuclear power, having enough weapons that anybody who messed with us would just die along with everybody else in the world, um, can say, like, hey, let's not proliferate nuclear weapons because it's a bad thing. Um, Okay, so I think that's how we did it. I mean, because people could kind of all agree, like, yeah, nuclear weapons are bad. I don't want to bomb on my city. um, So let's try to keep nuclear weapons off the table. With telerobotics, with smart drones and all that, it's going to be much harder because they're smaller. They don't make an impact, right, yet. Um, I think of people, if we have an incident where drones take out a thousand people at a time, which we could, and maybe, maybe you know, traditional drones already have. I don't, I don't know. They're pretty powerful, but... Um, and people see that and see that impact, or especially if it's an autonomous drone, I, th- I think then that discussion might happen. Unfortunately, I think humans generally wait until something bad happens before they try to stop it from happening again. So somebody's probably going to get hit, and then there's going to be public outrage about it, and then we'll figure it out. Uh, I don't know. We should figure out a way to like um, create a World War three simulation in vr experience so that it would scare the shit out of people to not like to avoid it at all costs like like, oh, I mean, like what would it look like if there was a world war three and vr and just and just like it because I, I remember like I, I was watching on twitter like uh, they were making a, a big hubba hubba <laughs> they're making a big fuss about these reporters on like on the weather channel and they were using ar like this immersive ar and showing how the water would rise when the hurricane would would would, would arrive and like you know Dude. in con- just a position with the reporter like let's do that with vr like what will san francisco look like if they dropped a nuke on it what would New York. What would Moscow? What would London? What would all those cities look like in VR? Well, I think that's the point. It's like it's kind of a pointless simulation because if there is ever is a situation like that, you're out. You anybody in San Francisco or London or New York or Moscow or San Jose or San Francisco or LA, you don't get to play in the future. You're done. You're 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 done in the first thirty minutes, thirty five minutes. Yeah. I mean, and even if you weren't, it's not, I wouldn't think it's even worth it to continue. <laughs> like, like yeah. we're not ready for, at all, for not having civilization. The, the like, people no who need to, the, the people who need to ponder that question are the people who live in the Ozarks or the, you know, or in parts of South America that are not in the jet stream from big cities. Um, people who live in the, you know, polar regions. People, I mean, because, if it goes down, it's going down big. 
because no, once it goes past a certain point, there's no reason to hold back, right? So anyway, mm. Chris, what the hell, man? This is getting depressing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just How did like, you get me here? <laughs> we go everywhere. We go everywhere on this podcast. You want to line it up? You want to line it up? Let's line it up. Have you ever taken a dick pic with a 360 camera? No. I have. Jeez. Let me tell you a story, okay? Okay, I want to hear the story. <laughs> so, so this one time, um, so I went to Burning Man, and and I and I realized I was like, I'm gonna go to the desert. I uh, I better not have pubes on me because they're gonna get, you know, the sand is gonna get all over my pubes. I don't want pubes. So, so I so I shaved for the Wait, first time. What? Yeah, Wait, I, sha- I shaved all Wait, my pubes. This is a problem at Burning Man. Does everybody do this at Burning? I've never been to Burning Man. No, this was this a made up a- problem in my mind. I was like. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't. I want to be. I want to be smooth with the sand. I want to be. I don't want to deal with coarse sand in my pubes. So, so I, so I shaved. I and but the thing is, I don't know how to shave because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am a not well developed adult, and and so and so you don't you don't shave your you don't have a beard you shave you're like baby face naturally. I don't well. I've never shaven my pubic area properly. Or, and so and so you know okay. how you were supposed to go against the grain? I went all over the place. And so what happened was not only well I shaved that and, and my butt because I have a hairy butt. And so and so and so I get the burning man and I have this huge rash just all over all over my like <laughs> my my um my nether regions. And uh and so and so I realized I was like, well, you know what, this is a great time for a three sixty photo. So, so I put the, so I lifted up my pants. I was in my, I was in my tent in, at Burning Man, and I lifted up my pants and I put the 360 camera right there, and I took the photo. And and then later on, I showed it to my friends in a slideshow. I didn't mean to show it to my friends. They just, the, the, just the photo was there, and I forgot that it was there. And it was, um, and they saw my massive micro penis. It was, it was just. Uh, it was, and they laughed, and it was great. It was, but but I learned a valuable lesson that uh, from that experience is uh, one: if you take three sixty dick pics, hide them um, better, and, and two: don't uh, properly shave if you go to Burning Man. Properly shave, you know, you can shave, you can do it, but just do it properly, because otherwise it's going to be a bad time, and no one's going to want to go inside the orgy dome with you because they think you can have some sort of shit on you. Like, you know, what do you, what, what STD do you carry? I'm like, no, it's the rash. It's not an STD. So. So hopefully that lin- that that took the conversation out of that depressing rut we were in just now. <laughs> I don't even know where to go now. I'm like, Chris, you blow my mind again. You always do that. <clears throat> wow. Sorry, everybody. All right. Um, so, <laughs> wow. So, okay, 360 photos. Got it. Be careful what you take a picture of. So, okay, I gotta ask technically. You gotta, you gotta have a certain amount of clearance for that to come out. So wait, where was the, the camera was up on, underneath, and it was like three sixty around the underneath part. Yeah, or everything. Wait, yeah. So it was like dangling down below, and then you got, and that worked. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, okay. it was it was you, I was able to capture right. both my regions and my face. Technic, technically, that's pretty impressive. I gotta admit, three sixty cameras that, are the future of dick pics. Man, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I, I knew if I dropped this, I, I this was this thought. I, I was I was carrying it with me this whole time, and I was like, ah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm only going to use this thought you know, in case I'm of emergency. To, 
I was talking to Carl today, um, Carl Clance, and we were talking about you. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I love talking to Chris. Every single time he'll he'll take it somewhere where I just kind of like don't know what to say off the off the rails, in a in, you know in a good way. And I was like, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to talk to him in a podcast. I'm going to see if I can keep him on the rails. And I failed. I have failed my quest, Carl. If you listen to this, he, he did it to me again. I don't even know where to go from here. Um, I know where to go. I know where to go. If you're listening to this podcast, and I'm so grateful that you are. Um, I and last time what we did, John, was um, we were we we sort of like, oh, yeah. we were kind of in shock that we're like, holy shit, people listen to the end. And so yeah. and so, if people listen to the end for this podcast, I'm giving away fifty dollars worth of Vive Port credit. That's right. Not what? 25, not 35, what? not 45, but $50 of Viveport credit, ladies and gentlemen, to the people who retweet this uh this 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 podcast. So so whoever retweets, um you'll get entered and we'll pick a random person. We'll pick a two random people. They'll get each get will tw- each will get $25 <clears throat> Viveport credit. So so retweet this podcast when it gets out, goes out. Uh, let us know you listened to the end. Well, you you did because you listened to what I just said, and and we'll pick a random winner. We'll pick a random person who retweeted. How's that sound, John? That sounds awesome. You know what? I'm gonna scare up. Um, I'm gonna scare up some other cards for next time. Awesome. Next time we talk. Yes. So uh, yeah, because I'm sure we can get some of those. I even uh, I was I was I was toying with um, what I'm going to do with my Oculus gift card that I got for going to Oculus Connect. I have to I have to come back on sometime and have a raffle for that. No pressure, no pressure. But listen, I, I know think, I think we're at two hours. I feel like we could go on forever, but I wonder if you have any last thoughts. Maybe we can start bringing things to a close. If you, if you um, think, I mean, we can go on you know forever. What? Okay, honestly. so I feel like somehow we kind of got on a negative a negative uh, path today i don't know why that is hmm. maybe because like we weren't really talking too much about the good things that are happening in vr and i think there's a lot of good things happening in vr yeah there's ch- totally challenges there's totally and we talked about nuclear war and dying and all that stuff is horrible there is some really good things happening and i kind of want to say want to leave it I-, I guess we hit on it a little bit there are a few people out there starting to make a living doing VR apps and certainly consulting professionally, and it's getting better. So I feel like we, it's kind of like we, I think in general, we've been on this long journey across the desert. You know, many, some of us have died from dysentery. Some of us have run out of water and money and had to go home and get jobs and all this stuff. But feel like the end of the journey is coming that in a in a good way that there's going to start to be more uptake of consumers in VR more businesses getting eager for VR content opportunities for indies to do either consulting work or find an audience and I just want to kind of like everybody who's out there who might be in this tribe who's still hanging with us as an industry and hanging with us in this podcast to keep keep going I feel like the 2019 it, I will not say it I will not say it's going to be the year of VR that's the death curse but I'm going to say that there will be marketable opportunities and you have a market of people you can and go for and the only thing I'll reiterate is don't try to be 
the mass market success. If you are, great, but don't try for that. Just do something that you have a passion for. Do something very high quality. Keep your costs low. Make it fun or interesting or valuable. And don't try to do the big, you know, killer app for VR. Just go, like, man, just look at Beat Saber. It's, it's, it's pretty well-executed, simple concept. Look at some of these things that are that are finding an audience and go for that and you're going to be in good shape um keep hope alive keep faith alive and um make good stuff i love it john that's awesome um yeah it's there's no better there's it's it you couldn't have a better time to be a consumer to be a creator to be a connector to be like involved in vr period like this is like the best time to 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 start getting involved one way or the other and and you're you're yeah you're absolutely right i think yeah you're yeah i'm I'm glad we're ending ending it on a more positive note um not a weird one or dark note (laughs) um because yeah vr is here to stay like that's the one thing i always always like like i like if if i get into like a, a back and forth with people like i always fall back on that well vr is not going anywhere and it's true. No one can like take that from us. Like no one can say that VR is not going to be around, you know, because there is a market, you know, there is momentum. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. And there's way more momentum in VR than internet of things, I think, for example. And there was such, such a huge fuzz over internet of things and smartwatches such a long, a, a while ago. And here we are today. And it seems like, you know, VR is, is, is brighter than ever. So so yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. I'm I'm with you, John. Um, yeah, cool. How can people? Hey, stay? yeah. Ah, go ahead. Well, next time, man. We I, I'm I'm telling you, we we should do this podcast in VR. Maybe even get a few people to join us. Do a VR fireside chat. Yeah, I I I want to capture. It can still it can still be a podcast. It still could be an audio thing that people can listen to in their car or whatever. But I think there's like some level of interaction we could get in VR that will make it even more awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent for it. I just, yeah. I just want to make sure that the audio is good because for the longest time I had the shittiest audio on the internet and I don't want to do that to the listeners anymore. <laughs> I want to, I want to like at least, you know, give them a good, good quality audio. Uh- and so and so yes, I'm with you. Let's figure that out though. Let's let and, and so yeah, let's uh how can people stay in touch and follow up with all the things you're up to these days, John? Uh best way, Twitter. Um and uh you can find me at John Virtual, J O N V I R T U A L. So John with no H, John Virtual. And um yeah, that's probably the best way. Facebook, I'm on Facebook, you can look me up. Uh SVVR, come to our meetups every month svvr.com if you're in the bay area stop by say hello and uh yeah that's it awesome thanks thanks so much for your time john you bet man talk to you soon